know this. I just get very excited and very animated when I talk. Yes, I know. Well, you know, you could talk louder if you wanted to as well. No, I'm good. You sure? Yes, it hurts my ears. Well, then I can turn you down up here. No, it's when you talk too loud, it hurts my ears. Then I'll turn the... the th- okay, fine. Hello, and welcome to episode... Was that too loud? <laughs> that was too loud. Hello, and welcome to episode 55 this of This is Friends. NPR. <laughs> no, it's ASMR. Hello, this is episode 55. Is that what ASMR is like? Just very, very... Can you hear it? What is it? This is what ASMR people do at the beginning of their videos. Finger whipping? Hello, we're going to whisper... <laughs> no, this is episode 55, and I am your host, Austin, and once again, across the table is Gabrielle Proctor, and it's official because you have a license with your, my last name. <laughs> my last well, I mean, it's mine too now. That's that's the whole marriage deal. <laughs> so it's official. You got that today, and you have a sparkling, new dazzling license with a beautiful picture because Thank you're you. very cute. So I did actually bother to put eyeliner on. I know. It's weird. I totally forgot you had an appointment today, and you came out of the bedroom this morning. Like I was on my computer working, and I, I came out to go downstairs to get breakfast, and you had eyeliner on, and your hair was all done. And I was like, where are you going? You're like, I'm, like, I'm going to look damn good in my picture. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to the DMV. I was like, oh, that's right. Okay. We look very pretty. So Thank you. Yeah, because 16-year-old me needed to go. I can tell you that was not a pretty picture of me. I mean, listen, no one, listen, no one takes a good picture when they're that young. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have brought an entourage, like, I don't remember which Kardashian it is, but no shit, one of them brought an entire entourage, makeup crew, and ring light to her DMV photo to make sure she looked good in it. Because nothing says extra about that at all. Like, hold on, my crew has to make sure I'm ready. Like, you couldn't have just done that shit and then hopped in the car? No, it could get fucked up hopping in the car and driving to the DMV. God forbid. I brought a hairbrush just in case. I'm not even kidding. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Simmer down there, Larry. (laughs) Welcome to uh, Veggie Tales podcast. My name is Austin. Where we Proctor. only talk about Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> That's it. Fuck Bob the Tomato, that stupid squat bitch. I will say, <laughs> I did have silly songs with Larry, his top 10 countdown. Oh, can you? Yeah. Can you take that? Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. I need to stop also shaking my leg. You had a what now with Larry the Cable Guy? The Cucumber? <laughs> I mean, I met Larry the Cable Guy once, but I was talking about uh, Silly Songs with Larry. I had yeah. a VHS of the countdown of his top 10 songs. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was really funny. That was like the one good part about going to church was I could go to the uh, the library they had there and rent all the new VeggieTales. I'm like, fuck yeah, new VeggieTales. Let's do this shit. Shit, I owned them. See, But like, yeah, that was the whole reason for going to like the kids church. And you're like, can I go to that? Because they'll be playing the VeggieTales. I mean, shit. VeggieTales. Dude, VeggieTales was like my, my childhood, man. Yes. Everyone can relate emotionally to Larry. So. Yeah. Especially the hamburger song. Hmm. The cheeseburger song wasn't oh. even sung by him. I know, but it was funny because he was in the parking lot in his car waiting for his cheeseburger. Which was a totally his different character singing that. He'll wait for you. Yeah, he'll wait for you. Yeah, but oh, you know he went and God. got bacon and eggs for half price. So. <laughs> Already off the rails. This should just be called off the rails podcast. Sometimes we talk about horror. Sometimes we talk about Veggie Tales. You never know what you're going to get. It's a good time every time. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today? I don't even know. It's, uh, it's on the screen right there. It's not there. up in front of me at all. 
I just wanted you to say it. Tremors. Tremors. We're talking about one of the most important franchises of our life. I can't even finish no, that. No, <laughs> no. I mean, this what this did come out the same year that I was born into this world. It was yes. actually supposed to come out in '89. It was delayed because they knew I was coming. They're like, okay, we got to wait till Austin because this was January 19th, 1990. I was born just two months after this, and I was born 11 months after this. Yeah, you, you. I was going to say you're old, but I'm older than you. This doesn't make any sense. You're old. I'm fucking old. Ugh, Much God. like this film. But you know yeah. what? Of all the films that hold up, this is it. This is the one that holds up out of all the movies we saw from this series. Yeah, so we are going to talk about the first four, because we, we do four movies an episode, if you haven't, I don't know, maybe if you haven't noticed. Um, but just so you know, there are... At least two more. I think there's even a third one, but I don't they know. There's a TV series. There's a TV series. So there's a brief TV there's, series. Uh, f- the fifth one is like Bloodlines, and the sixth one is A Cold Day in Hell, which is actually really funny because that line is uttered in, I think, every single Tremors that we watched by um, Bert. It'll, uh, it'll, be a, right. it'll be a cold day in hell before that happens. And then finally, by the sixth one, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're naming a cold day in hell. So we're going to talk about the first four. And oh boy, I got a lot of thoughts and feelings as usual. But of course, before that, do we have anything to say off the top? Oh, I did just get today on the day that we're recording this, which is really funny because I was uh, we're going up to the mountains in October and I didn't have like a proper hoodie. I have a bunch of like severe winter clothing but not like a light hoodie because all of mine are just they're old and busted so i got a new one and the only one i could find that i liked from all of the horror sites that i go to like fright rags cavity colors terror threads gutter garbs was a tremors hoodie so i ordered that before we even decided we were going to do this as an episode and it showed up today and i was like that's just that's fucking kismet dude it's amazing if you don't know what kismet is it's fate yes it's fate so i got that today i thought that was fun that's my little Thing I have to say. What about you? What did you get? Someone got you something awesome that you're wearing right now. I'm just saying. Some guy got me a hat. I don't know. I take things from strangers, so I put it on. Seems pretty cool. Wow. The strangers that you're seeing when we don't leave the house because of COVID? Yeah. They just give me stuff and, you know, then that you seemed okay. probably wash that before you just stick it on your fucking melon. Too late. I'm just kidding. Austin <laughs> bought me a trick-or-treat uh beanie with a little black and orange pom-pom on the top yeah we were i was shopping for my hoodie and i got that and i got a uh uh keep the change you filthy animal shirt from fright rags and she was like oh look at that beanie you should get that beanie for me you should buy that beanie buy that beanie do it and i was like yeah you could buy it yourself it's already in my cart don't worry about it <laughs> she had no idea and she almost she said she almost bought it and i was like yeah okay i actually did look at it but i was like ah you know i'll just wait a little while like i because i just bought myself a hoodie as well as some uh, new shoes to replace some shoes that have seen better days that I've had for a few years. Yeah, what she likes to do is I say, hey, could you get rid of some shoes, please? And she's like, yeah, I'll get rid of five. Hey, this isn't the judgy podcast. But I'm also buying four. So I'm like, okay, so technically you got rid of one pair of shoes, essentially. one pair of those shoes was for a Halloween costume, okay? Some of my (sighs) shoes are for costumes. This is the problem with, like... Are we supposed to be talking about tremors? No, we're talking about shoes right now. Welcome to the shoe podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going to do so many multiple spinoffs. No, real quick. Actually, I did want to say a quick little thing on HHN this year because, as you all know, if you listen to the last episode or if you are any part of social media at all, you know it's not happening. But 
The guys at HHN, or sorry, excuse me, HN Nightmares, so Horror Horror Night Nightmares, they posted what, what would have been their final speculation map, which, you know, and if you know anything about Horror Night Nightmares, their speculation maps over the years are about 90% on. So I just want to read them off real quick on what we would have gotten this year because it's amazing and I love it. So we would have gotten, according to them, which again, like I said, 90% accuracy usually, Universal Monsters, The Brides, uh, plural. I think they added the S because I think it was just Universal Monster, The Bride. More women getting married. Hell yeah. So Universal Monsters, The Bride, just Texas Chainsaw, not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just Texas Chainsaw. It's okay. just a hall of chainsaws. It's, that's it. In no, Texas. No leather face. Just we're in the desert and there's chainsaws. Uh, bedtime stories, the tooth fairy, which we were supposed to get last year until that got replaced with some other bullshit house. I'm, I say bullshit. I kid. Uh, horror night icons. So, you know, all the icons from over the past 30 years, the anniversary house, which for some reason on the speculation map was thrown into a tent, which I'm sorry, but an anniversary house should be in a proper soundstage. So that's just me. Uh, twisted tradition, pumpkin Lord. So the scare zone from 28 and the, um, whatever location that is, San Fran, maybe. Uh, that's supposed to be a house. Mannequin eater. A theater, sorry. <laughs> mannequin eater. It's just a dude eating mannequins. <laughs> Those are two totally different houses right there. Mannequin theater, which would have been cool. They could have done fun stuff with that. The uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Okay, we're good. Um, and then the Demons of Billy Eyelash. Again, it's I know it's, I know it's Elish. I say Eyelash. So that would have been a spectacular year. I know everyone was hating on the Billy Eilish house, but honest, honestly, You're man. You're just jealous of that success of that 17-year-old. Honestly. I mean, I'm not even into her music that much. She's got a few catchy songs that I really do jam out to, but nothing would make me happier than going into a house jamming the fuck out to My Strange Addiction. I'm just saying. Like, that bass just fucking hitting and you going through and getting scared out. Dude, I'm, I'm about it. So that would have been the lineup for the most or most likely. And uh, the scare zones would have been an anniversary scare zone, 30 years, 30 fears, which I honestly, I think that's really dumb. I hate that. That's their slogan. 30 years through. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue very well. It's not like they did a fear a year. Exactly. <laughs> it did like <laughs> five or six fears, 10 fears a year. Fear number 17. <laughs> 30 years, 417 fears. doesn't roll off the tongue like it. Um, so then, uh, Tara Cruentis, which would have been the Tara Queen from uh, twenty or fifteen years ago, she was supposed to make a comeback because she said, "I'll be back in fifteen years" or whatever she said, fifteen years false ago. False news. Oh yeah, false news. You lying bitch. Um, an unknown original scare zone, and then a creep show scare zone. So that would have been great. It's a it's a shame it's not happening. I understand why it's not happening. It's all good. Hopefully we will get some form of this next year. I would really appreciate the Beetlejuice House, the Mannequin Theater, or Eater, whichever you want to do. And you could just take off the TH and make it Eater. I don't care. Um, Haunting of Hell House. And I really hope Billy Ellish comes back, honestly. I'm going to be the only person advocating that house because everyone else online was like naysaying it. And I'm like, no, fuck yeah. I'm going to be the one guy that's like, I'm about it. So well, let's just be here for it actually happening. I think that's what we can really just hope for next year is so, that it um, happens. But nonetheless, I know a couple other haunts are happening. There's actually a few haunts in Orlando that will be doing things. I actually emailed them last night, two nights ago for media privileges, uh, something called scream and stream. That's supposed to be a thing that's happening in Orlando. There's also supposed to be a drive-through haunt that's happening. Let me get the name. You can here. do that with your car because I don't want people touching yeah. my car. So, uh, oh yeah, the Haunted Road. 
that's supposed to be something that's going on in Orlando. So you drive through, characters are supposed to come out and get you or whatever. And then something called Morrow's Nightmare. So three new haunts in Orlando that's this, their first year that are supposed to be going down. So we'll see. And then Screamageddon is still on, and 13th Floor is still on, and Sir Henry's Haunted Trail is still on. And also, something that we're going to be up in Georgia for on the 31st on Halloween, um, Netherworld is supposed to still be going on as well. And we're going to be up there literally on October 31st because we're going to the mountains for our, our, our uh, I say honeymoon, I don't know why, our anniversary, anniversary. trip. So hopefully Netherworld still happens because that is a legitimate haunt that's been going on for 20 some odd years, I believe. And uh, we really hope we can be a part of that. And hey, you know what? On our anniversary trip, we are doing a lot of homework and a lot of stops for spooky experiences to share with you all. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're going to be stopping by the cemetery and the filming location for the camp from Friday the 13th part six. So when, you know, with the first scene you see in the movie, from Jason Lives, the cemetery, we're going to stop by that and take some pictures. And then Camp, uh, I think it's Daniel Morgan up in Rutledge, Georgia, I believe, is where they filmed Part 6. And they also have a bunch of cabins that are still there. So I'm going to bring my Jason mask. I'm going to wear my Part 6 shirt. We're going to take some pictures. It's going to be fun. So we're doing a lot of spooky stuff this season because we have to almost overcompensate for all the stuff that is not happening so, uh, which ver- I'm sure you've all seen everybody trying to share what is available to share to get everybody in the mood for Halloween this year. And not to mention, uh, Spirit, a lot of their stores are opening up. I know our store opened up today. We just couldn't make it because we had to do the podcast. Uh, a lot of stores are opening up on the 8th. But we'll be there this weekend. We'll be there so. this weekend. It does, yeah, so it doesn't matter. The 8th, the 9th, the 15th, and the 18th is what I saw for Florida, at least. So, Go to spirit.com or spirithalloween.com. Check your local listings to see what you know when your store is supposed to open because it's all happening very soon. And don't believe the thing you've seen on the internet, possibly, because it's been spreading like wildfire where someone posts this thing where it's like, oh my God, is spirit happening this week or this year because they posted this thing. It's like a thing about how spirit's like, we can't do it this year. It's going to be very limited. That is a lie. I don't know who started that or why, but it's, it's, it's a lie. Spirit is happening and it's everywhere. I checked. It's the one business that thrives on failing businesses. And it's Come funny. On. I love the meme I saw this year. It's the it's the uh, black guy behind the tree, like like rubbing his hands together. And uh, it's um, Spirit Halloween over that. And it's like, you know, because of COVID-19, there's so many more empty stores. So it's like Spirit Halloween. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to fuck up all those empty stores. And you know what? Good for them because they can definitely uh, get a lot of stuff going this year because, you know, a lot of shit's closed. So you know, from their sadness comes spookiness. You know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. You look really irritated with me right now. I'm very sorry. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Do you want to take it away with the first movie? Do I? Let's dive into the movie. So uh, take it away, Gabby, with... um... Tremors, 1990. I think we all know what's important here. Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Um, I did... (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Totally forgot where I was going with that. Wow. I mean, Kevin Bacon is important to everything because, you know... He connects to everything. But can I just say real quick the fact that we talked about this, how he's like the master of starting horror franchises, like Friday the 13th, Tremors, and then to be like, you know what? Fuck all the rest of your movies. I'm out. <laughs> like, well, damn, And like, he damn, did want to be in the second one, I, I remember, but he was filming Apollo 13. What, okay, Hanks, fair, so, but it's, it's you just, know, busy. It's just funny because I know there was another franchise he did that with as well. I can't remember what it was, but there was another franchise where he started it. Peace, I'm out. Yeah, right, sounds all right. right. All right, Kevin Bacon. Um, so basic setup, 
small rural town, like in the desert, barely anybody living there. Everybody's just kind of getting by. There are two guys who are like handymen. They they do the trash detail. They do the um, the waste detail. They they basically do odd jobs anywhere, and they finally decide to get out of town and in the midst of this come into contact with these underground uh, creatures keepers creatures that are starting to um, attack and kill farm animals and people and they got to go back and warn the town and try to stop these things from killing everybody it's a very simple premise but yeah, it's very really fun. To it, yeah. yeah, they they do some nice setting up in the beginning where you don't quite know what's going on, and they they take a while to show you the uh, the graboids, um, which I love that that's what they're called. Not the weirdest name in the series, that's for damn sure. Oh no, it gets weirder. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, and luckily you get to talk about that. Oh boy, do I! And I have some thoughts about that. Oh no, wait, I do because that's the third one. The second one is. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so anyway, it's a fun movie. It, it definitely holds up. I mean, they, they have the nice thing with the geologist who's been noticing, um, or seismologist, he's a geologist, yeah, um, who's been noticing a lot of extra seismic activity that doesn't make sense. And um, like I like the touch of it's not just them figuring it out, but they've got a scientist who's like, okay, well, this has to be what this is about. And... I mean, you've got a delightful cast. Not only Kevin Bacon, but you got uh, Reba McIntyre in here, um, and which is hilarious because you're like, is that Reba? Like, yep, that's Reba, and uh, Fred Ward, who was in two of these. And can you unhighlight that because it makes it? Really I'm sorry. Hard to I'm read sorry. It. I'm sorry. Thank you. And uh, Michael Gross, who was in all, all of, of the them. films. <laughs> Fucking. Michael, apparently, Michael Gross has nothing else to do but this. And you have Ariana Richards, who is most famously um, the young girl from the first Jurassic Park movie. Her name is Mindy in this. Yes. And Mindy's kind of a smart mouth, but whatever. Anyway. Isn't every child, though? I mean, come on. You're kind of a dick when you're like 12. This is true. <laughs> like unintentionally, but you're kind of a dick when you're that age. But I love it. Like, this movie's fun. You don't know necessarily who's going to survive because they have enough people that are likable that you're like, oh, man, who's going to die? And how are they going to get out of this? Because they're in the middle of sand and these things move through the sand and they have to get out to the mountains where the creatures can't get through. And it's all practical effects. And that, I think, is what really keeps the film going at this point because... Well, some of it's silly because they have to use um, landlines for stuff. And nowadays that that wouldn't be a thing. It really does hold up because they did not use CGI for this. Well, because it was, you know, this is the cusp of the 90s. It's literally 1990 where, you know, I'd, I'd say I'd say about 75 percent of horror movies in the 80s utilized you know, practical effects. Of course, that's when, you know, Ghostbusters was came about and they started using CGI more, or I guess it really wasn't CGI. It was superimposing and stuff like that in the 80s. So that's when they were starting to really work with something that wasn't actually a practical effect. But for this to be 1990, same with Chucky, you know, Chuck, Child's Play 2 came out in 1990. And, I, and that also is 
at least to my knowledge from you know what I remember about it, is all practical effects. And that really can make a horror movie, especially when it's this old, that really helps a movie not age because, you know, for obvious reasons, back then, it wasn't that great. So if you can do a movie practically and make it look that good, like, like you know, this movie, I gave this movie a four out of five because, one, it was it was so much fun to watch. Two, there was actually a lot of, there was actually a lot of gore, more gore than I remember from watching it originally. And it holds up still. It still holds up the, exp- I mean, this is the one that had the crazy, I, mean, I think they all had explosions, right? Don't, don't get a sneeze. Oh, God. <coughs> God bless you. You're allergic to to just the truth. I mean, they had, no, this this had some, like, they they got. It was the second the one. Pipe bomb, they, they got some of the graboids to, like, take the pipe bombs and stuff like that. But, no, they had the really sweet um, cliffside shot. That's right. Okay, yeah, th- we watched this one like almost over a week ago, so I'm having a hard time remembering this one because I also didn't take as detailed of notes for this as I did for two and four, since I was reviewing two and four. But I do love how it kind of all starts out when they find Earl, or oh, sorry, sorry, when Val and Earl they find the the town drunk like Edgar on the top of the electricity tower, dead with the rifle in his hands. And you're like, oh, okay, what's what's going on here? Oh yeah, and he like, dies of dehydration. Yeah. Like, how the hell like, do you die of dehydration? You could have climbed down. <laughs> And the, so they start wondering if he's like actually afraid of something or if he just preferred dying up there of thirst. Like, uh, all right. Well, you know, you find out why he was up there and decided to die. Because the, the tr- sorry, the I say the tremors, the graboids, they can only attack you if you're on the sand. If you're on the rocks, eh, for the most part, you're safe. So they learn that over time that they have to get onto something that's solid to in, in order to, you know, be at less of a risk from dying. Because... The, the graboids can only hunt based on sound. Sound and vibration. Sound and yeah. vibration. That's it. They don't have any eyes. They are completely blind. It is strictly sound. So they, you know, and you, you, you watch, you know, if you haven't seen the first one, you learn that with the characters. You don't know that. You experience it with them. You know, we've seen this before. So I already knew, knew this going in. But it's really fun if you watch it and you have no idea anything that's about to happen because it really, you're literally experiencing it with the characters. So it is a fun. You know, it's not like they tell you everything right from the get go. You just have to watch it and find out what's going on. So, well, and when they were originally filming this, what they had wanted to do was make it less obvious that it was a creature. And they wanted to roll with the idea that because the guys don't know something's in the ground, we do because we, we've seen the poster yeah, and see. everything. And, and, um, they're like, oh, it must be some sort of sick serial killer and whatnot. And, when they finally figure it out, it's supposed to be a big reveal. Well, when they were making the movie, it was supposed to hang on the idea that it was a serial killer for much longer into the movie before the reveal of the, the oh, creature. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, because of marketing and the way the film was going to be marketed, they couldn't get away with doing that because um, it just wouldn't work when everyone's already seen the poster with some sort of monster on it. That's true. I mean, yeah. they kind of reveal... Everything by by that right there. Which, Which is oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say it's funny because they on the poster, you know, on the title card here, they have the graboid with all these giant teeth, and I know they're trying to mimic the Jaws. Yeah. Title card. Well, and they don't even have. But they don't even have teeth. Well, <laughs> and um, the monster doesn't even look like this at all, and it wasn't until I think 
they uh, it was the fourth movie poster that they actually had a creature that resembled the one in the film. Which is funny because, ironically enough, that was the worst one. Yeah, it was I, a, weird. It was a I know. Lot to swallow. The fourth one is the this is the war is the weakest. That we know so, of. God, oh God, I'm. I don't even know if I can watch five and six. I mean, I'm going to, but it's going to be rough. Um. So yeah, th- this movie it's just it's just great because not only do you have a solid cast, I mean. Fred Ward, if you don't know who Fred Ward is, he's the guy who played Joe Dirt's dad in Joe Dirt. Because I was watching the movie, and I'm like, okay. I know. Because I haven't seen Tremors movies in ages. It's been years since I've actually sat down and watched them beginning to end. I've seen them on TV plenty of times as a kid and growing up. But, you know, watching it here for the podcast, it's like, okay, I know you from something. And I looked it up, and I think I think on his top build for his top four on IMDb, I'm pretty sure Joe Dirt was like three or four. Oh, it's not at all. Okay, I guess I just had to look for it. Nonetheless, I found that and I was like, ah, that's who you are. I'm just not used to seeing you without a mullet. That's what it is. Spectacular. That's <laughs> that's the problem here. By the way, funny you say you remember my, uh, mostly watching it um, like on VHS and on TV and stuff. Um, this movie actually didn't do well at the box office. Uh, most people saw it the way you and I saw it, which was on VHS. Um, it, it sales, like it made its money back after it left theaters with movie rentals. Well, yeah. Cause it, it, the budget was 11 million, which, you know, that's a lot for, for a 1990s horror movie to, I mean, at least to me. Um, but you know, it got back 3.7 million on opening weekend, but it only, yeah, it only grossed domestically actually worldwide. Cause I guess it didn't go, um, international. So worldwide gross was only 16 million. And and chain, you know sixteen point five million. So you know that's really not much of a return on a movie that's really fucking awesome. Yeah, like I said, it didn't make its money back till after it started hitting um, shelves for rental. And um, even Kevin Bacon, when he was filming it, was like, "I'm filming a stupid movie about killer worms." And uh, but then, like, he also said it was one of his favorite movies he, uh, he ever worked on. So I guess he was just having a dramatic moment of, oh, my God, I'm in such a ridiculously plotted film. Well, it, and it, it really is. A, it must have been a fun film to work on because, I mean, seriously, that giant graboid pops out of the ground. And, you know, you're using a practical effect of something that has to be like, I don't know, eight or nine feet in the air with all these tentacles coming out of it. And that was a cool part about it. Not only is this the giant worm popping out of the ground, but it has these little, these three little quote unquote feelers, if you will, that kind of pop out of the ground. You can tell they're clearly puppets. Like it's some dude just jammed his hand up there. And, but they're like, they're like little eel kind of looking things that, you know, look around to try and, I don't know, like assess what's going on. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. So it's really fun, and then you see, you see, you know, the graboid will pop out, and then the the three little arms will pop out too. So, it, I mean, that had to have been fun because the drugstore scene alone, towards the end, was fucking banana sandwich. I mean, that was so much fun to watch when the graboids are just completely fucking everything up and uh, tearing that little shop down. You know, what was his name? Victor Wong, I think. Yeah, and cutest he... little Asian man ever. Oh my god, he was so adorable. Yeah, he's such like a like a savvy businessman, and he's like, "Oh, you've got like a piece of one of these," and they're like, "Yeah, we'll sell it for twenty bucks," and uh, he's like, "I'll give you five. and then he starts, um, and then they like haggle to fifteen dollars, and then he starts selling photos of it for three bucks a pop, and they're like, "Damn it!" 
You son of a bitch. Yeah, Victor Wong. He was he was he was probably my favorite part of that movie. R.I.P. Victor. Yeah, R.I.P. Sad day. I love how these pictures up here on IMDb are in black and white for whatever fuck reason. Well, because I mean, it was the nineties. Uh, what does that have to do with black and white pictures? Black, they usually did some black and white and some color. Oh my goodness, this movie! It was just so much fun. Like it was more fun than I can remember because what I realized watching all these movies is that I've seen the first three, or eh, maybe the, I know I, I know I'd seen one and two, and I'm pretty sure I'd actually seen three because you know, like I said, I, I watched these on on TV as a kid. I just saw Tremors, you know, as a kid. I didn't I didn't see two, three, four. I just, oh, Tremors. Oh, yeah, those movies are fun, so I'd put those on. And I can remember specific, like, scenes from one, two, and three. Definitely never saw four. For, oh, boy. For, for good reason. Oh, my God. But it, it, what is that noise? Is that me? Yes. Sorry. No, these movies are just so much fun until we get later on. But this is a movie I will... This is something that I want to watch regularly, and I actually want to get this on Blu-ray, because I, I got, um, I think I was at Walmart one day, and I happened to just glance by one of the DVD racks, and it was like, all six Tremors, and I was like, six Tremors? I thought there was like three, maybe four. So I saw that it was six Tremors for like 15 bucks. I was like, okay, I can't pass up that deal, but this is definitely a movie I want to own on Blu-ray, because um, the only one that was actually in one was the last one. I'm like, Really? really or the fourth one sorry not the last one because the fourth one sounded great it's also from 2004 good 14 years after the first one yeah but i do love that they keep the timeline up though they they say you know hey it's been 11 years since we've seen you or or whatever so they actually do keep the actual timeline up it's not like one year after the other yeah for me out of all of these this is the only one that will feel like timeless to me and um that holds up, and that this is the one that if I if we're gonna watch one, I wanna I wanna watch this one one because there's again no CGI, it's all practical, and it's clearly got the best writing of all of them. The plot, yeah. it, it's the plot sticks together. There's no point where you're like, well, that was a wild turn. It it all just holds up. Oh, that's why, because it's the same guy that did City Slickers and Heart and Souls. I've, I've, and Mighty Joe Young. I've yeah, seen all thank, of those. Thanks for that. I was going to say that. That's fine. No worries. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to the director. So the director, wow, has he done a lot of shit. So yeah, he, like like she just said, he did those three movies. Um, let's see what else he did here. He did a bunch of TV stuff that I don't care about. Don't care. Don't, wow, a lot of TV. Grey's Anatomy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. Okay, so he moved on from movies to go do a bunch of TV. Oh, and that's all he he's done. a bunch of episodes wow. of Once Upon a Time, though. Hawaii Five O, so uh, I get you know he's like you know what I've peaked, I've peaked. Oh, the Adventures of Pluto Nash, he did that too. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, that movie bombed. Well, it's funny because Tremors was his his first movie. This was his first directed movie, so good for you because yeah, man, you did it. Yeah, then followed that up with City Slickers. Awesome. Wow. Then Heart and Souls. Then Speechless. Also. Then Mighty Joe Young. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm guessing. Um, the Adventures of Pluto Nash is probably a lot to do with why he's no longer in large films because that's widely regarded as one of the biggest movie bombs of all time. Like, I think it... Is it really? Yeah, it did real bad. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, it was oh one of the biggest movie bombs. Actually, I think God. it is the biggest movie bomb of all time. Holy shit. The budget was $100 million. Opening weekend, it made... 
two million, and it grossed. What is that tapping? Seriously, sorry. I don't so, know. Stop worrying about it. It grossed worldwide seven million dollars. So you got back seven percent. Yeah, that'll get your ass kicked right out of movie making. Oh my god. Which is funny because I've seen that movie several <laughs> times too. Oh my god. It's a truly dumb movie, but I do appreciate the plot. So, oh, you know. wow. I had no idea that that movie did that bad. What am I? Is that the uh, I'm Mork from Mork? Was that the movie I'm thinking of? I'm, no, scroll up. You can see what it is. I'm Mark from what? What's the one with um, oh, the guy that went white haired at like, uh, oh, God, he was in Little Shop of Horrors. He played the motorcycle guy. Steve Martin. Steve. Isn't there a movie with him and Eddie Murphy? No. Is that Bowfinger? Yeah, oh, yes, that's Bowfinger. That's a whole other thing. That's not no, even, this is... That's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of something with Eddie... Uh, anyways, whatever. Wow. That is a terrible, terrible... I have to watch it now. It's got a 3.8 out of 5. Yeah, biggest movie flop of all time. Um, let's see. That that one... Like, It's not number one on this list, but the photo is there of the movie. <laughs> So that says it all. Holy shit. I'm I'm learning so much today. Uh, wow. Oh, it's so, number three. I've never even heard of the first two. So then, yeah. All right. So that's what ma- that's probably what pushed him into doing TV. They were like, yeah, you, you. But what, what, that sucks, though, because, you know, it's not like uh, it's the director's fault for the movie being bad. That's more on writing and like editing. You know what I mean? You can direct the fuck out of a movie, but it really comes down to the source material of what's going on in the actual movie and then how it's edited later. Yes, so it's but not if the, the direct- director's in charge of all those people, then it really falls down on him being in charge of the final product because he's supposed to oversee all that. That's a shame. Yep. That's a shame. Yeah, do you see you hear that too, right? I don't know what the fuck that tapping is, but it's driving me crazy. I'm sorry. I don't know, I don't but know. we should move on to another right. movie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, could you please tell me how that movie ended? Spoiler alert. Um, Tremors? I don't remember exactly how it ended because I know it kind of, we, we got to transition into two, but I need to know how the first one actually ended. Okay, so. The, <laughs> the uh, town, the uh, handyman guys, people's men's, um, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon... You're just going to not say Kevin Bacon's name from the first one? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Um, have this big bobcat that they're going to try to transport everyone out of town with because it's so heavy that the uh, Graboids can't get a hold of it. And the Graboids set up a trap for them because they've been getting more clever on how to get people. They're smart. Yeah, they're getting crafty. And they set up a trap for them, so they have to run to these nearby rocks to... Um, get out of their grasp and when they're doing that they have they have these pipe bombs because of course they do um i mean it's earl that reba and and earl and yeah reba and bert i don't even know reba's character's name in this but uh she's also in none of the other films with her character's husband shame for shame yeah um so they've been making pipe bombs on the roof because they're like gun nuts and uh so they start tricking the Graboids into grabbing these pipe bombs and eating them and then exploding. Well, the last one figures this out and throws the pipe, basically spits the pipe bomb back at them. And um, so they all leap away from the rock to not get exploded by a pipe bomb. And Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward and 
actress who's in film who's the lead actress whose name I don't know. Kevin Bacon's Valentine, Fred Ward is Earl, Finn Carter is Rhonda, Michael, Finn Carter. Michael Gross is Bert, and Reba McIntyre is Heather. Yeah, those people. The, the, uh, Dems peoples. They're all off the rock and they're frozen because they're like, ah, oh, crap, this thing's like, we're between us and the rock. A rock Kevin and a, Bacon has, yes, a rock and a worm place. A rock and a meth place. What? What? Huh? You uh, could be so, Peppa Jack's best hoe. Sorry. Sorry. What? That was sunny Philadelphia. Wow. You could be Pepper. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so uh, Kevin Bacon has the idea to um, re do a callback to the beginning of the film where he was screwing with his buddy pretending there was a stampede and they stampede towards the cliff and get the graboid to chase them and then jump out of the way at the last minute so the graboid bursts through this, the cliffside and falls to its death and goes kablooey. It doesn't really explode so much as splat, but it's pretty good. You know, and uh, as you do. You when you're a squishy worm thing. And uh, Kevin Bacon gets the girl, and they get the hell out of town because they're like, these worms done fucked up this town. We're leaving, and we're not coming back for any of the sequels. Good luck, everybody! Yeah. Okay. They run off to live happily ever after. They even mention the, the, the second one where they're like, where's he at? They're like, he's married to a good woman. Not even her name, because she wasn't worth that time. Kevin Bacon's essentially Aladdin. Like, I can show you the world. There's so much more than this tiny little town of perfection. We're going to go. We're gone. We're gone. I'm leaving. Let, oh, let's not forget that this town is called Perfection. perfection. All the way to the fourth gonna, film. I was going to say I was gonna say North Carolina. I don't know why. Is Definitely it, not set in North Carolina. Nevada. It is interesting, though, between all four of these films. Um, this is the film where the town looks the most desolate, and somehow they develop more greenery the further into the movies they get. And you're like, so did you just uproot the town to some... Better foliage. They or... just paid people like, hey, put some grass back there. We'll just just put it on back the there. No one will fine. know on the Rocky Mountains. It's fine. Yeah. So anyway, so um, and I already did all my fun facts because I peppered those into yeah, the... peppered, 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 peppered. I'm um, salt your pepper, heavy D up in the limousine. Um, so let's move wow. on to Tremors two, aftershocks. Uh... The only other watchable one, but not near as watchable. Listen, as the first three one. was a movie that was. Some sort of fun at some point. Them's facts. All right, so I'll I'll try to do this as brief as I can, because um, I do like to talk about the intros. So this one intros to again. Oh God, I'm gonna butcher the Chiapas. C i j c h i a p s. That's thunder. Holy shit. Chiapas, Mexico. Some dude crawling on a pipe. This is your cold intro. Trying to get away from an unforeseen force unseen force something um the ground starts to move he's looking for his car uh which is conveniently behind all of these giant barrels like 50 gallon drums so he tries to hop from barrel to barrel to get to his car does not make it gets eaten gets killed by the tremors the graboids what have you r.i.p uh, bro r.i.p dude bro didn't know your name all right and then we cut back to Perfection, uh, California, Jesus, uh, Perfection Valley in Nevada. Um, we see Earl, who is approached by a Hispanic man named Sir Senor Ortega. Um, and he's approaching him because he heard about him and Valentine from the first movie saving perfection from ultimate death. 
So he's like, hey, by the way, we had to close Mexico's biggest oil fields due to these creatures. You want to come kill them for 50K a piece? And he's like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, but the driver of Ortega, he's like, a, he's, you know, he's a taxi cab driver, starts going up to um, Earl and he starts gushing like, oh, man, I heard about all the crazy stuff you did. You're like a legend, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so he starts, you know, they even have like that. What is it? The uh, arcade game of the Graboids. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you must have made a fortune on that game. He's like, and he's nah, like, I should have had a good lawyer. I should have. So um, after all that, um, where was I going? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so Ortega is like, you should come down there. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll give you all this money. And he doesn't want to do it at first until Grady, who is the uh, cab driver, is like, hey, I'll help you. Let's go down there. Let's fuck these things up. And uh, Earl's like, yeah, you know what? You might come in handy because while they're eating you, I'll have a chance to skedaddle away. Best line in the movie. Best line of the movie. <laughs> and um, so, you know, obviously Earl's like, okay, I'll do it. I mean, 50K a graboid. Tight. Let's do this shit. Then they get down to Mexico and Ortega drops this fact on him. He's like, hey, by the way, if you can keep one alive, I'll give you $100,000 on top of the 50K for killing all of them, um, which is awesome because they blow some shit up within the first 30 minutes of the movie. I mean, I mean, Earl and Grady are just blowing all these Graboids up, like racking up, I think, $300,000 worth of Graboids. And they're like, ah, we're done. It's good. We'll just we'll just cash in on that. But before all that. They get introduced to this girl named Kate, who I think is a seismologist. I'm pretty sure. She does something. She's some sort of scientist Some person. sort of thing. And it's really funny because when Earl and Kate meet, it's really... That's some serious thunder. It's that's really... A car. Oh, that's that Mustang. It's really funny because Earl checks out Kate's ass. And I'm like, all right, you know, typical guy thing. But, like, that's a weird thing to showcase in a movie. Like, for him to, like, look at her ass and the camera's, like, right at her ass. And I was like... All right, that's cool. But then not two seconds later, the camera pans to Kate, and then it goes to Earl's ass. And you're like, okay, so they're just vibing each other right now, but not even knowing that they're vibing each other. All right, I'm on board. I get it. I I, I understand. Um, that is really distracting. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thanks for turning your car off. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, Earl and Grady go out hunting. And it's really fun because they have these, like, RC cars with I'm assuming what's just dynamite on top of them because they're leading mm -hmm. they're yeah. leading the graboids away due to the you know noise because again they can only hunt on sound they are blind so they're leading the graboids away with the RC cars and then once they pop up <laughs> blowing them up and it's funny because there's a sweet montage of them just like explosion explosion like oh money money all this money and they think it's over yeah I like the whole bit where Until. they've got these really like feminine like They've got the fringe on the side umbrellas um, to oh, shield them funny, from yeah. the, the guts. And they're like, and you're just like, they're pink and flowery and they, and they've got very like, effeminate. Yeah. And you're just like, those are the, um all right, bro, whatever you want to do. Well, it's funny because Earl pops his open immediately and Grady does not understand what to do and gets hit in the face with all the stuff and then pops it open. Earl's like, yeah, you're, you're, like, you're he's like, you're I forgot. Like, oh. But I like later they have it bolted to the back of the truck. So that way it's just up. It's just up all the time. Yeah. Um, it's funny because they think they're done. They think they've got all of them. And then all of a sudden, one of the Graboids, Graboids, is alive and grabs. So they have this chain that's dangling from the truck. Um, 
and it's got like a bunch of cans and bells. It's supposed and to make noise to attract them. It's supposed to make noise to attract them. Well, one of the Grabowitz decides to snag onto that and then takes that. Tr- so it's almost like Jaws when, you know, Bruce hooks onto the boat and starts. Is that, is that, is that Jaws? Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Okay. I was like, am I talking about the right thing? Yeah, it's also the name of the shark in Finding Nemo, which is probably why he was yeah. concerned for a second, but so that's why I just named that. <laughs> so let's call the Graboid Doug. I don't know why I just said Doug. And he Are you gra- naming it after my brother? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. So the Graboid takes the cans that are on the back of the truck and starts whipping it all around and dragging it across the land. And it's really funny because they're like, I don't. What? Hello? How do we? What's happening? And I, I love that scene because they have no idea what's happening. But, like, they know what's going on. It's it's the Graboid, you know, just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. But it's like, oh, they're learning or they're they're evolving or they're, they're uh, yeah. getting smarter. Isn't that when a bunch of them show up so they, they got to call in reinforcements? No. When they're in the truck, remember, because they, they get pulled around in the truck and eventually they get pulled, like, pulled over a side and they're stuck there. So they're waiting for Bert yeah, because, to come in his giant truck. Well, yeah, remember, because Bert wasn't even there. Um but they started to get swarmed by more of them. And they're like, oh, shit, like there's more than we can realistically handle. So they're like, hey, Bert, do you want to come out and do this, too? And Bert's like, yeah, I'm just sitting. In my- he was just sitting in his den. No, that's right. That, that was actually my next note. I should have just kept reading. My bad. Yeah. So they realize that there's too many of them and they call for Bert for help. Um, and like he immediately is like, like without a blank, it's like, yeah, I'm there. And it's funny because they call him and he's like in a basement where he's got a bunch of like deer heads on his wall and then just yeah, a fucking giant graboid head, just like all splayed open and stuff like that. And Earl or Bert's like, yeah, I'm there. So Bert comes to the rescue. Yeah, go ahead. And what's really nice is they actually, um, because in the first film that he has that bunker and one of the graboids busts through the bunker. Well, there you can see in the um, bricks in this in one side of the room that the uh, where the graboid broke in in the previous film. Yeah, that was pretty good. So there's there's a nice there's a nice little touch um, in this one that kind of you know is reminiscent of the first one. So uh, Bert comes down there without a fucking like just literally like yeah I was there for the first movie. Uh, I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm just gonna come down. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. So he comes down to or comes up or wherever the fuck Bert's coming from. I don't know where he's at in this in this part of the world. But he comes over to help fight. And uh, eventually Earl and Grady come across this graboid that starts to act kind of weird after it's popped up out of the earth. It's kind of like uh, sick or dead or dying. But Grady's like, hey, this one's alive. You should call this in because we're going to get $100,000 for this. So they call it in to um, Ortega, who takes way too fucking long to get there, because by the time he gets there, they notice that the Graboid is uh, missing like a chunk of his body. Um, It looks like something has either crawled out of it or something has eaten it, and they're not sure what's going on, because this is new to them. You know, they've never had a Graboid pop out of the ground, die, and then have a giant hole cut out of it. So that's really fun and then they start hearing all of these noises in the middle of the night and they're like okay that's a that's a weird noise to hear i've never heard that before and then after all of that you know they get rescued by ortega because their truck is stuck at this point earl and grady's truck is stuck in like some crevice yeah they call ortega but ortega doesn't show remember no that's what i said yeah yeah i said i said they call ortega but he takes forever 
Yeah. Like, he takes way too long to get there. So they finally show up to get them. It's raining really hard outside. Oh, my God. Um, I remember they start hoofing it, and they find his truck. Ortega's truck? Yeah, remember they start walking. Um, they call the guy. He never shows, and like he know. starts walking out. They start walking out, and they find the truck, and the the hood's been ripped open, and they find the arms attached to the back of the truck. Oh no, no! They I remember that they see the truck in the distance. Yeah, that's right. They, okay, that's right. It's coming. Sorry, it's been like a week or so. <laughs> they see the truck in the distance, and then the truck just stops. Yeah, and then that's when they're like, okay, we got to hoof it over there. But they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Sand, hello, I don't want to get eaten. But they hoof it over there. Yeah, they see the arms in the back of the truck and everything's kind of splayed and open. That's right. Okay, see, it's all coming back to me. I don't know what happens exactly after that. They basically hoof it all the way back to, to because they're like, Like I don't know what the hell happened there. And um, I think they, I don't, yeah, they, they hoof it all the way back to the, like, the main the camp, camp area, area. Yeah. because everything's been destroyed and they call and they try to get Bert to come back and then Bert bumps into the things <laughs> that's right. that they bump into well because yeah so oh, that's right once they get back to camp they re, they notice that a lot of stuff has been destroyed all the electronics have been fried and they're like what the hell is happening and after not seeing really any graboids whatever you want to call it they come across this weird mutated dodo bird demigorgon small squat armless thing kind of like a yoshi but pointy face it's like a yoshi but like with a demigorgon face but also like again like dodo bird style so they're trying to assess what's going on at camp they see this weird mutated creature that can sense you by heat so like predator style yeah. Cuz it has and it's really funny because the thing it has on top of his head is very reminiscent and I say reminiscent I mean a quiet place is reminiscent of this because if you've seen a quiet place they don't hunt on smell or sight they hunt on specifically sound because they have these little things that pop off of their head that can sense everything. So it, it's I almost feel like a quiet place kind of took a note from this movie because which happens you know it happens because the little dodo birds in this movie have this have these two things that pop off their head that sense heat so they no longer go off sound or sight it is strictly like predator style heat signal and what do they call those ones again they call those shit what were they called <laughs> do you remember Fuck, what were they called? Shriekers? Shriekers. 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 That's right. I didn't write that down until the third one. So yeah, they call, they don't I don't even think they call them shriekers until the third one. So, and this is where the CG comes into play. That's really not that great. You know, this is 1996, so you know, you have to take it for what it is because at the time it was fantastic, I'm sure. But you know, 14 years later, you're like, "Okay, that's not that great" because they also cut the CG in with actual practical like little dodo which bird. Which looked way better. Which looked fantastic. They looked amazing. But yeah, when you cut that back and forth with practical and CG, you know, they, they did the CG so that way they can make them move a lot smoother because when they're standing still and they're moving, it looks fine. But yeah, so the CG is not that great. So now they're dealing with these, like it's not just one or two Graboids. It's like 50, 60, like maybe even 100 of these tiny little dodo fucking demon birds. There's 26 of them. That's it? Yeah. They said 26? They counted them? Yeah. Well, you have to remember, though. That's Because remember, there were three, and then they got to food, and then they like multiplied by... Well, no, no, no. Let's get there slowly, because... 
remember, they started noticing that they can multiply and they didn't understand how they multiplied until they actually captured one in a cage and someone threw one of those like ready to eat meals that one sold. of those military packs yeah i don't know if they threw it in there or if it dropped in there by accident no they they fed it to him okay then they fed it to him on purpose so they feed them this ready to eat meal and they once they eat that the dodo bird i'm just going to keep calling it the dodo bird even though it's oh, you know shrieker. fine fine shrieker 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 the shrieker barfs up an egg and the egg it's a fucking egg so another little shrieker pops out and i think it's a couple of them if I'm not mistaken. It's one. It's one. Okay. I am mistaken. So they realize over time that the more these things eat, the more they reproduce. So the more shriekers there are over time. You know, that wasn't a thing in the first one. And I really appreciated the second one, how they kind of took what they had. Oh, now they're mutating. Oh, and now they're reproducing. I was like, okay, that's a really fun plot point. I can get into that. Plus, they make that horrible noise when they open their mouths. Fucking what? Yeah. Yeah. See, my issue with this, but I'll just see, it really became more annoying by the third one, was that the evolutionary developments (laughs) made so little sense um, that that made me crazy. Because first, you've got a worm that uh, hunts by sound and vibrations then suddenly it turns into a two-legged creature that hunts by heat, not by sound. And you're like, because literally they could make noise. These things couldn't hear. And you're like, so the evolutionary train is for it to shut off its original advantage and just build a new one. And then the next evolutionary one doesn't give birth to the original start of the train. Well, don't, don't get ahead yet, lady. No, I'm not. Okay. Um, It doesn't give birth to... A graboid, but it gives birth to something that is at the same station as it. Because you know what? When butterflies mate or whatever the hell they do, they don't reproduce other butterflies. They reproduce caterpillars. It goes back to the original start of the step. So I was like, that doesn't make sense. They should be producing worms. I will see your point and raise you another point. Go ahead. Okay. So you understand how tadpoles work, right? Yes. Tadpoles grow into frogs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what we're seeing here. You have a worm, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck all how fuck how they hunt, okay? Fuck all that. I'm talking like evolutionary status, right? Tadpole, worm, okay? That reprodu or that that grows into a frog, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's kind of what these things are. They've got little hoppy legs. They kind of hop about. So it kind of makes sense for the worm to grow into something that has legs. How does that not make sense? Stop looking at me I'll like that. I'll see your tadpole to frog and raise you. What are in the frog's eggs? Are they frogs or tadpoles? I don't know. What? Frogs. Produce tadpoles, which later become frogs. They don't. They aren't just born as frogs. So then you're just going back to the. To I'm the, just saying. You're just if going it's to laying you're, you're, an you're, egg. You're to, it needs to be a goddamn baby graboid, not ah. Fuck it. When we hit our high, our our next phase of evolution, we just produce more of this evolutionary phase. Fuck the original one. We have no idea how we create more of those because how do you get more graboids if they all just turn into shriekers? Who produce more shriekers? The science isn't there. 
Listen. And that's my TED talk on tremors. Listen. I'm just kidding. I'm going to be back again for the third film. Listen. Science. <laughs> Where's Neil deGrasse Tyson when you need him? I will tweet him as soon as I figure out my Twitter password. Neil, please tell me how graboid existence are a thing. I will once again reiterate my point. In the fourth movie, I'm going to reiterate it every film. Enjoy. It makes sense. Okay. Scientifically, it does not. The second movie made sense. Okay. The third one, I mean, even though it doesn't, should technically make sense by your standards because they give birth. Nah, do not spoil it. (sighs) All right. Back to this film. No, no, no. They reproduce a bunch. They this makes sense, okay? It makes sense in the standard that if you're high, it makes sense. And I That's wa- probably what I happened. I was not high, and I probably should have been. God damn it. No, it makes sense. I fucking, I thought it was fine. I thought that progression was fine. I was like, okay, cool. It's a different thing. Fuck you and your trick-or-treat hat. God damn it. So cute. I hate you. <laughs> God. I'm sorry that the science is not sound. Okay, it's also a movie called Tremors, so it's not like it's alien. I mean, that still wouldn't make sense either. Also, the aliens start as face grabbers who lay an egg, who develop into worms, like tiny You know what? Who grow into then bigger we ones. will just watch two and then one, and then it won't make sense at all. And then you'll don't, you won't know what the fuck to do with your life. I have to watch two again? I love two. Two was, right. two was so much fun. Okay, so they were producing Any, a bunch of them. Continue. Anyways. Anyways, anyways. So, yes. The Graboids, well, excuse me, Shriekers start multiplying like fucking rabbits at this point because they're eating, they're eating, they're eating, they're fucking, well, they're not fucking, they're spitting out eggs, which are No, fuck- they're hermaphroditic, according to the scientists. Oh, that's right. They are male and female, so they're fucking themselves and making eggs, which are also fucking themselves and making more eggs. I'm saying fucking a lot. I don't care. Um, sound science. Continue. It's great. So this movie doesn't really make sense. I had so much fun with it. But eventually, there's so many of them. There's, like, way too many things fucking themselves and making more of them that they... Bert is like, okay, you know what? I got an idea. I'm going to I'm gonna trick them into going into this place to do something. So what he does is he starts yelling and screaming and oh, it makes them all follow him into this supply shed, right? But what he doesn't know is it's filled with sweet snack food, which is a problem because if they eat, they're going to reproduce. Like gremlins. Well, you know, yeah. Just don't get them wet. Can I say my thing? What? The reason that he chases them in there is because um, while he's hiding inside of a um, a, a bucket of a uh, bobcat, like the the scoopy oh, that was bucket great. thing. Um, the other great. people are, are on top of this oil well thing uh, that the shriekers can't climb, and then apparently the shriekers oh, learn how to do right. some sort of crate, learn acrobatics, and start it's like fucking uh, Cirque du Soleil, tri- like it's learn a- cheerleading and how to do a pyramid. So they Ready? start climbing each other. Okay. And ooh, that was some rocky animation there, where they're just like, we're gonna jump on top of each other. Like that makes sense and so uh so fun, he's though. like oh shit they're gonna get up there and then they're gonna attack you guys because god forbid you kick down their rickety ass they got two feet tower that going was, on that was hilarious though but yeah the cg was 
fucking woof. Yeah, it was all that whole Ooh. smoothed out, and they're not physically touching the ground. Like it, they're not. No, no, no. That was the third one. This was like sci-fi CG, like where it's like all smoothed out and yeah. shiny, and there's really no like texture to make them look real. It doesn't look like they be- like the CG itself looks great, but it doesn't look like like they actually belong in the scene. You're like, you are standing out like a sore thumb, but you still look. It's weird. It's, a it's weird... not like the design was bad. It was just like the overall the, the, the development, the, the lighting, lighting, like the, the overall lighting. the stuff that makes it look real was not there. Was not there. But yeah, so that's why he chase he um makes the sacrifice there to get them uh to chase him into the barn. The, it was the, like a well, barn yeah. warehouse. No, it's a supply shed, and again, like it's barn sized one. Yeah, everyone outside <sighs> of the supply sh- barn is like, oh, what does that say? Oh, sweet soul. Oh, oh no, they repro. Oh no, oh god. And you know, meanwhile, Bert's in there trying to like rig explosives together to try and fuck all these things up. So eventually, he is able to rig all the explosives that are in the supply shed together. And is rescued by everyone else outside, which was very, very yeah. stressful. And he gets out and he's like, how much time do we have? He's like, I don't know. Just run. Fucking son. I'm running so fast. Well, because Earl goes in there covered in CO2. So his body's cold. So they won't see him, which is a confusing plan to begin with. But sure. No, it's Bert. And then Bert goes in there. No, Earl goes in there. Bert. No. Bert. Earl goes in there. He starts bringing up all of the explosives because oh, yeah, they've right already there, established yeah. that yeah. Bert has brought what I could only be desi- uh, described as a metric fuck ton of supplies for this, like an entire army truck worth of supplies. And um, I had that written down. Yeah. Sorry. It says, it says Earl has Bert shoot him with CO2. Yeah. Sorry. So he rigs up all the dynamite and all the explosives. And when he when they get him out, Bert's like, how much stuff did you use? Like, I don't know all of it. And Bert's like, oh, shit. And he's like, well, how much time do we have? He's like, I don't know, but we have to get far away. And then every time they keep stopping, he's like, no, 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 no. Farther away. That's what I said. Yes, but you said it with the wrong people. So I was helping. So Bert and Ernie set up some explosives. <laughs> Now, that was my favorite part is when uh, Earl... Sorry, yeah, I, I had that written down. I just was reading it wrong. Yeah, Earl gets out, and they just keep running and running and running and running. That fucking explosion. Oh, that was... The, that was... I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. I, I, I know. I looked at you. I was like, okay, come on. Explosion, explosion. That exceeded my... That was like the Critters explosion, like magnified by four times. Just... I was like, oh my god, oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, are you really an 80s or 90s horror movie if you don't have a giant explosion? I mean, are you? Are you? I mean, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Um, that explosion was the, th- the stuff of legend. Let me tell you. God damn it. One last thing real quick. I wish they had shown it from a couple different angles. Because all they had was just the one. Usually it's like, like six different angles. It was just the one, but it was epic. Can, can I talk now? Yes. Okay. So I, you know, I thought that it was funny that the explosion was like in the center of the encampment area, except that supply thing was like off to one side. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. It just exploded everything with equal force. Goddamn right. And um, I think my only main issue outside of the CGI on this film was the whole bizarre male fantasy bullshit moment where... Earl is talking to what's her face, 
Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but I used to be a, a Playboy model. And, um, or no, she she's like, oh, I post for Penthouse. And then he names the month and the year, and he's like, that she was in because he has, he's had a poster of her on his wall in his trailer this whole time, which wasn't weird at all. And um, so she she responds by doing the exact pose from that poster, and you're like, yeah, because any girl alive would be would like who is vaguely embarrassed by that part of her past would have been like, let me reenact the pose for you, not like, why do you know the exact month and year? From like a twenty-year-old penthouse, that's not weird at all. Like, why are you creepy? Hey, you get a crush on someone, you're gonna remember that shit. Yeah, but it's just funny because she, she would have been like, D- "Why do you know that exact one?" And and she's like, "Oh, you read Penthouse? That's my dream guy." That is my dream guy. Male fantasy bullshit. I mean, you know. Whatever, you're going to really harp on that. It's fine. It is weird, but it was also the 90s. Maybe, you know, things were probably different. I would assume. I don't know. I'm just saying. I know you're just just saying. saying. I will say that uh, this film was originally meant to take place in Australia on a budget of 17 million. The budget was only 4 million. Uh, With Kevin Bacon reprising his role in a wide theatrical release. But. When this idea approved, but only given a budget of $4 million, the script was loosely rewritten to accommodate the budget. So you got, you know, a quarter of your budget, you're going to get a quarter of the film. I really would have loved to see the $17 million budget in Australia with Kevin Bacon. God damn, that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been fun. I like the other the trivia below that, though, because that's what I was going to tell you earlier. Um, there's a whole bit where Earl struggles to get his two ostriches to... Um, mate with each other and it's because they're actually both male ostriches so that's probably not gonna produce anything yeah you're not gonna get much they might love each other but i mean you won't actually get anything from a male they're missing some really important parts to produce eggs i mean like i appreciate your support for gay love but i don't think that's what you were going for yeah you just can't reproduce that way um i do love the fact that one of the full-size graboids used in the first film was refurbished and was actually used in this one yep so boom and then there's the trivia about the uh when they show bert's basement you can see where the graboid came through the wall in the first movie see i like to pepper (laughs) in the fun trivia i know i just i I also just like to read some of this even though there's way too much i mean there's always so much oh my god this was filmed in 27 days that's wow. pretty impressive, honestly. That's speedy, yeah. That's pretty impressive. I won't lie. <laughs> um, bunch of long trivia, bunch of long trivia. Uh, Bert's truck is an AMG General Kaiser Jeep N751. 1751. Yes. That car, truck, vehicle. Ah, yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I got one of those in my driveway. You know. Yeah, because you have a driveway. Um, is there anything else you wanted to uh, share about this one? I will say, okay, so I like I said, the for- the forced one. Yes, the forced. The first one I gave a four out of five. Fantastic film. Love it. We'll watch that again all the time. Uh, what would you have given the first movie out of five? Four. Perfect. Now, this one, you know, I liked it. Honestly, honestly, if this would have had 
no CG in it, I would have given this one a four as well because I really had a lot of fun with it. But since the CG was pretty fucking terrible and I hated it when it was there, I gave it a three and a half because I still thought overall it was a great movie. I liked the progression, even though it was a bit silly. It really didn't make a lot of sense. It was still fun. They introduced a new species if you will to the tremors you know universe so i gave it a three and a half out of five because i thought it was a lot of fun so what would you have given this out of five um a three okay that's so that, that in, my, in my book that's still good i'll take it yeah i mean like okay. i didn't hate it um we actually made it through this one in one watch which was good because the other two we actually paused midway through because we were both falling asleep so yeah we really did we paused three and four like halfway through because I was like, oh, my God, there's still an hour left. Yeah. And we um, took naps. It. it was a weekend of naps for us. And we never take naps on the weekends. And I, we were we, just like <laughs> sleep all the time. Yeah. So we were literally bored to tears or bored to sleep with the next two. Um, but yeah, one and two, I would 100 percent say watch. I mean, they were both a lot of fun for their own reasons. Um, one is really pretty much self contained though like you don't really have to watch any of the others one wraps yeah, one up the story yeah. just fine two is what i mean honestly was unnecessary as were the whole rest of them but i mean at least this story was fun yeah um, see i don't i don't think two is necessarily like you know necessarily unnecessary um you know the first one got a 3.5 out of 5 on letterbox the second one only got a 2.8 but like it was still fun because you still had Bert and you, you still had a lot of characters that were there. And I love the fact that in the second one, or was it the third one? Was the second one the one they had with the with the fake Tremors tour? No, that's the next one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you still had I don't know. This one was still a lot of fun. So I say I say watch one and two, but uh, we're gonna get on to the third one here. Yes. And you'll just see how much they go. Yeah, uh, Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. I was already wary of this because when you're... First off, the cover for the film is ridiculous. It's clearly a bunch of copied and pasted images, and it's real sad. Um, Not to mention that right there, how the graboid is like a a, a a quarter. I wouldn't... No, I'd call that like a sixth of the poster. It's not even like halfway or... Yeah, Yeah. it's it's barely in there. It's (laughs) mostly just Bert, but... When you have to take it back to the city for the the original town for the third one, and you've established they they happened in Nevada, the first movie, then they happened in Mexico in the second movie, and then in the beginning of the third one, they happened in like um, Argentina or something really random, some random other country, Bert. Um, yeah, starts in Ar- I, I My thing was starts in Argentina? Question mark exclamation yeah, point. Bert is dressed like some random military dictator and um has defeated them there and they've established this is the only three times this has happened and you're like okay and um though we didn't mention it in the other film the second movie earl and whatever the hell his new buddy's name was grady yeah grady um keep talking grady keeps having this idea for having a monster theme park well, they mentioned oh, in this yeah, one yeah, yeah, that yeah. they are actually off doing that um, with their money. And so this one more focuses around Bert and the town of perfection, which has been, you know, revitalized sort of 
with tourists coming to see where the tremors were, which I mean is odd. That'd be like, let me go swimming in the water where that shark was from uh, what from Jaws. Like, yeah, let me swim in that water. Like, why would you? Why would you want to do that, Bruce? Yeah. So the town has the the shops been reopened. They they have tremor like graboid merchandise everywhere, and a guy who is giving graboid tours that um he's got a guy like hiding out in the bushes like using um this like thing that almost looks like a fire extinguisher but it it's blowing out sand to make it look like the graboids are I, coming I, after you i think it actually is just a fire extinguisher yeah like, but with like sand in it I, I just and it's, yeah so it's supposed to be this whole thing where they're making you think graboids come and get you to scam people out of money and which is kind of a cool setup if you it, think about it. It would have been really cool, but until we Yeah, and then so Bert comes back to town. Um hey, Miguel is back, who was one of the other characters who survived the original film. Um the girl from Jurassic Park is now grown. Yeah, she's like she grown. 20 or something. Well, cuz this is uh, this is 11 years after the first one and she came back and I was like is that? Oh, that's right. This is eleven years later. Shit, you old now? Yeah. So her and her mom are in the town, and yeah, it's it's really bizarre because there weren't any graboids, and then one fine day there are again, conveniently upon Bert's return, and then there's this one white one that sort of comes near people but doesn't attack people. Ah, the albino. Yes, which is clearly some sort of bizarre play on Moby Dick and the White Whale. But I don't know why cuz it definitely looks more like a dick than any other graboid ever has. Yeah. It was definitely more dick-shaped and also oh, very was CGI. Very phallic. Yeah, it was weird. Very phallic. And um <laughs> So yeah, like the town starts getting attacked and they're like, oh shit, this is real. And the acting is really flat and and bizarre and everybody's motivations are ridiculous. One of the kids from the original film keeps popping up at random because now he's a uh, like a home salesman and he's trying to buy up everyone's properties. He's a developer. That's the word I wanted. Developer. And uh, he's trying to develop the area for more houses so he's trying to buy everyone's land and he just kind of pops up sometimes then disappears then pops up again you're like who are you did they need another bad guy or something so one of the graboids becomes the shriekers well the shriekers this time before they even get a chance to attack people get protected by the government the government just shows up and they're like, we need to call for help. The government shows up because one of the people living there calls them and they're like, these animals are protected. You can't touch them. And they're like, Bert's like, what? But they like kill everyone. I don't remember like, that plot point. Yeah. Well, it's weird because they show up briefly. Then they go out to investigate. And then one of them runs back and he's like, I covered myself with something so they wouldn't see me. Um, because they killed all the other guys. There's three of us. They already killed two of them. And then he falls over and dies as soon as he's done explaining what happened and that they've all died. And you're like, well, that was plot convenient and strange. And um, now the <laughs> the Shriekers have uh, developed into the next did stage. We, of... did, did we see the Shriekers, though? 
In the, in, the, in the third one, because I don't, I don't remember seeing. I think you see them briefly, but not. You kind of only hear that they're there. You don't really see them, That's because they're like, saying. oh, we can see them on the infrared that we conveniently carry around in our cars now. Hmm. And um, Bert's like, well, we need to go back to my house because I have some huge cement barriers around my compound house, which totally doesn't make me look like an insane doomsday person. But whatever. <laughs> and. Um, so the Shriekers have developed into these flying versions of Shriekers. They're bigger. They're more Velociraptor-sized. Pterodactyl. And they can fly. With ah! their, but, like, they still have dodo-sized arms, so it's really funny because they've got these stubby arms, and they can fly. And they also do heat-seeking. But. 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 Um, they excrete something out of their ass, which is flammable. Um, and helps propel them upwards, and to, we to, thought to make them fly. And I thought I imagined it, but no shit. They decide to name these ones ass blasters, and that is what they call them. The and whole let, film. Let me just remind anyone at home who's watching this on their television: ass blasters. Yeah, you got graboids, you got shriekers, and then they went with. Ass blasters. blasters. And L- listen, listen. If I if I know it, okay, I don't want anything blasting me in the ass. Okay. Wow. Just like Sunny in Philadelphia when they have that whole ass. Bl- every I heard like, ass blaster, and I I just thought immediately of Sunny in Philadelphia and like I don't want anybody blasting me in the ass. It's just the government just blasting me in the ass. That's all I thought about was Mac doing the blasting in the ass speech, and I was like, of all things to call something, ass blaster wow i am distraught i am beside myself what the actual fuck do you mean ass blaster you're not even trying hollywood go home you're drunk yeah well so it's it's totally ridiculous they're calling him this the whole time so in the previous film there was a moment where they distracted the shriekers by getting a jumpsuit boiling hot like they they started pouring extremely hot water on it it took a few minutes like to get the water really hot and then they hung it on a clothesline and dragged it out so they would be distracted by the really hot item going outside in this film the one of the characters microwaves a full-size ham for about 10 seconds because that's how long it would take to heat up an entire Ham. And get it get it nice and toasty. Hot enough that it would be distracting. Yeah. Um from cold temp from a cold fridge. While the ass blaster is trying to poke its way through the fucking deli case in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then they throw it and they're like, Yeah, so now it's hot. And you're like, What and what fucking microwave do you have? Is it like a nuclear microwave? And also, you've got two completely heat things and for the people and for the heat and heat. Two things in front of you. I'm going to go with the tiny thing that's flying over my head that's probably about like this big on my radar, like teeny tiny. Oh, yeah, let me get that. Not the two things in front of me that are blatantly fiery red hot. I'm going with the ham that's Luke to like medium warm. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm going with. And bizarrely, the ass blasters, because can't stop saying that. Can't say it enough. Um, Blasting my ass. Wow. <laughs> uh <laughs> When they eat, they pass out. 
which is just nonsensical to say. Yeah. Um, and totally pointless. Like, so every other step of their evolution is supposed to make them better hunters, I guess. Maybe. How does them passing out work? And also, there are moments where people are hiding in the shittiest ways possible. Like, three people holding a mattress over their heads. And that is supposed to protect them from aerial attacks. The they're not flying at high altitudes there, bro. They can see you at an angle, literally any angle, if, unless they're flying directly overhead of you and stay there. They're going to see you. When I love the fact that when they show everybody underneath the mattress, the camera, you know, it, it, the camera is looking at them. And then while the camera's flying over, the camera follows the mattress. So it's like. Do you see them or don't you? Because if you didn't see them, it, the camera would just be flying over them. It wouldn't focus on anything. But the camera is fixated on the mattress and flies over them and tilts down with them and moves with them. And you're like, I, I don't understand what you're. Can you? I don't fucking know what's yeah, and, going on in this movie. And they start like killing them off. And at one point, they basically decide they're going to get a potato gun. They're going to develop their own potato gun situation and um, use the igniter liquid inside of the ass blaster. That's right, because they're they're fluid. The ass blaster's blood fluid. It's flammable. By the way, just by the way. They're now now the now the fucking creatures are flammable. I okay. said that already. Back to you. Yeah. So um <laughs> sorry. They decide they're gonna use that against them and basically shoot something fiery into these creatures to explode them and this movie makes no sense i mean they end up getting them all they like get to like the trash heap dump area but it's just it's nonsensical the development of the monsters is just bizarre and again what kind of i mean that at least that honestly though that evolution from creature like on two legs to creature on two legs with wings blends a little smoother because they both keep the heat vision thing. But overall, it's just like this odd thing. You don't even see really how they develop into a flying thing. No, because it doesn't make sense because the first ones are strictly sound. Then they then they evolutionize themselves, whatever, what have you, to heat seeking things that walk that walk. Then they go to heat-seeking things that fly. So the second to third one makes sense the most because they're still heat-seeking objects, but they just go from walking on the ground to flying. So yes, I guess I guess I can agree with you that one to two don't make sense only because of the fact that they change their how they hunt. But the third one is just the most outrageous because I oh, when the second I saw that thing shoot fire out of its ass to propel it into the air to fly, I cackled so hard I almost shot like Coca-Cola out of my nose. I cackled. I was like, oh, that's happening. <laughs> oh, and then they called them ass blasters later. And I was like, this is this is a joke, right? You're kidding this is just a funny. What? Did you put something in the freezer? Did I put cokes in the freezer? Yeah. Should you go get them? Did you? I put waters in the freezer. Okay, good. Because yeah. I was just like, wait, yep. I recall nope. you putting something in the I freezer. I put waters in there. It's fine. They won't explode. 
That's like, good like, like, like the, the ass blasters. <laughs> yeah, well. You're thinking of ass blasters and exploding and you're like, what did no, you put? No, because you said what coke shooting out of your nose and then I recall you putting <laughs> something in the fridge or the freezer. Um, it, was, it was water. It's fine. Okay, good. Because we, we don't need to do that again. No, um, for the fifth time. Yeah. Oh, uh, so this one, the CGI did actually get worse because, yes, this was the one where somehow... There were moments where the ass blasters are supposed to be doing that, like, oh, I'm going to charge you, like, kicking up dirt thing. Oh, that Except was Except they're so not weird. physically touching the ground, so they're not actually kicking up any dirt. They're just making the motions, and they're, and it literally feels like they're floating just on the surface. Like, they never add weight to the surface they're standing on, and... There like, was they also didn't like add no shadow. Yeah, yeah. There were only a few moments where they actually had shadows, like when they were inside the uh, store at one point. And you're like, hey, look, you shadows, but somehow yeah. you're still not touching the ground. Yeah. The uh, the CG in two was only for the Shriekers. They, st- you know, when they had the Graboids pop up, it was all practical. This one, they're like, you know what? Fuck the Graboids. CG. So they would pop out of the ground, and you're like, oh, but no. You shouldn't be CG. The and ass blasters and everything else, fine. But come on, the graboids, oh, come on. Yeah, and they had a moment where they did that in the fourth one, but luckily they only did that for the, the tentacle thing, so it wasn't as bad. But, yeah, it wasn't yeah I, you know, I did think it was really weird that the white whale graboid um, also showed up like the end of Jurassic Park, just in time to kill the last of the ass blasters so they could kill them both at once. And you're like, well, that's convenient for you to kill each other so that way they can kill you together and not have to worry about it. Plot? Hello? And this one was the weakest plot-wise just because, you know, they didn't really explain how they came about in the first one. It it was never actually explained. You know, it was just like an anomaly or whatever. Like, this is happening. Okay, the second one, you know, they at least shifted the focus to Mexico where, oh, these are popping up again. And you're like, okay, you know, they eradicated them in in Nevada, but who's to say they didn't go down south to Mexico and, and you know, start doing shit there? Okay, cool. This one, you're like, all right, I'm pretty sure they eradicated everything because all of them mutated into the Shriekers, which got exploded so how were the worms back in fucking Argentina and also uh, Again what? I say unto thee what? what is the life cycle of this creature That's what I'm saying Because um they even established that this has got to be older these things have got to be older than dinosaurs like so why did they wait till 1990 to show back up or 89 sorry it would have been 89 to show back up and then get obliterated then show back up again in mexico a few years later then get obliterated again and then re-show up in nevada like where are these things what is their life cycle are they like fucking cicadas well (laughs) that's why i'm saying i understood the second one the most because if they for some reason were to pop up in arizona or no sorry nevada you know mexico it's right there so you never know they could have just parted separate ways and two could whatever but yeah the third one makes no sense because they're supposed to be all eradicated and then they're all just like nah we here bitch like Uh, what why why did it take you a good 11 years to show back up again like what have you been doing how did you reappear that's what yeah needs to explain the fucking science behind all this 
Someone get on the horn with Hollywood and explain. And also, if it's been 11 years, how are they not already in like their later stages of the life cycle? They've already started from the beginning. The latest stage must be them as like. What do they just evolve into primates? Yeah, like fucking. Are they? Do they just evolve into humans at some point? I mean, it basically just turns into the plot of evolution, but in slow motion and super slow motion. All right, so y'all. Fucking woof. I gave Tremors three, which is also called Back to Perfection. I gave it a two. It was pretty That's generous of you. Well, okay. I gave it a two because, yes, it was bad, but it was still funny. Like the ass blaster. I, like, again, I was, I, you know, I'm not supposed to be laughing at this movie. But I was laughing at it because it was, I was like, oh, man. It was like a so bad it's good, but it was still bad overall. So because a two for me means you're a bad movie. But I still gave it a heart. Actually, I didn't give it a heart. Okay, I didn't. But I gave it a two because I was like, man, that made me laugh. Okay, I'm not going to rate you that bad. But it was still bad. It's not good. It no. wasn't It wasn't even okay. The logistics just didn't make sense. This None is, of it made sense. This is the first one that, you like you said, that felt like a TV movie. Yeah, the did. first two felt theatrical, and I know the first one was theatrical for sure. The second one, I think, went straight to, straight to DVD, and so did three and four and the rest of them. But at least two still felt cinematic in the fact that, like, okay, I could see this in a theater and it doing well. But then you get to three, and you're like, no, this is this is straight to DVD. Now. Like, I've seen sci-fi movies that were better than that. Sharknado was better than that. Sharknado's fucking great. I'm not even going to get into that right now. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so let's move on to the fourth and final one we're reviewing on this episode before we do some really quick trivia here. Um, it's called Tremors 4. The Legend Begins. Nonsensical. Now, we're going back to the beginning. And I don't mean, because this is 2004, I don't mean 14 years ago to 1990. I'm talking about 1890 or 1889 which is 101 years before the supposed first attacks happened. Remember, those were, those took place in 89, so it's 100 years. Well. Yeah, no, that they literally set that up because it was set for 89, but got pushed to January 11th, 1990. It's, it's 100 years. So 100 years ago in 1889, I'm a coal miner. Yippity skibbity doo. Wow. Yeah. Reel it back. Oh, yeah. Um... So, yeah, it focuses on a, on a group of people in a mine shaft. Someone gets attacked. You don't see what's happening. And then whoosh, whoosh, titles, title sequence. And you're like, <laughs> all right, that was an odd way to do that. Okay, cool. Um, so this town is called Rejection. I am imme- Same town. I immediately wanted to vomit because I was like, okay, perfection, rejection. Subtle. All right, then. Um, and everyone is leaving the town because the mine in that town, Rejection, is shut down due to all of the attacks on the miners. And I don't mean people underage. I mean people that are, you know, in the mines. Wow. Miner, I hardly know her. Okay, anyways, that's a quote from The Office if you watch that show. Um, so, Yeah. The town, every, everyone is leaving town because it is a mining town. And now that's shut down. They're like, I'm going west or east or yibbity dabbity do whatever Stop I do. Stop doing that and just explain the plot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, 
So the family who runs the market in town, uh, which is an Asian family, which is funny because of um, Victor... Victor Hong? It's his, Wong. It's Wong. the Wong family. It's, it's his family. Yeah, it's like his ancestors. Only Asian people run this market yeah, only, for some reason. For some reason, whatever. And there are no black people at all. No. Not one. So you can't call that town perfection then. You can't. That doesn't even make sense. Stop well, saying weird things. It's not a perfect you know, mix of people. I don't think it's a perfect anything, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that too. So this Asian family runs the store and they get a telegraph from the owner of the mine who's like, I'm coming down there. Shit seems like it's messed up. I'm not getting the profits. Here we go. And guess who the owner of the mine is? It's Bert. But it's not Bert. His name is Hiram. Also the name of Veronica's dad in Riverdale. And he's got a wicked weird mustache going on and a stupid accent. And he's like a dandy boy because he doesn't know how to ride horses. He doesn't know how to shoot. Gu- you said dandy. I was going to say, did you say dandy because I said dandy? Yeah, because like, that's how you describe I mean, that's how you would describe him back in that day. He's a dandy. He Do you doesn't know what know- a dandy is? Uh, yes. <laughs> no. You're, go ahead, no, go ahead. I don't know. What is, Siri, what is a dandy? She's not listening. Um,. So he does not know how to do all of the things that most, you know, people in that time do. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. He doesn't know how to shoot a gun, which is really odd because, you know, he plays a guy who's like a gun toting. What? A dandy is a, a man unduly devoted to style, neatness, uh, neatness and fashion and dress and appearance. That's exactly what I was going to say, but minus everything you just said. Um, <laughs> He's more interested in being like fancy prim and proper yeah yeah there you go uh so yeah uh <laughs> so once he comes to town he takes one of the miners Juan, to go investigate the mine to see what's going on and uh well they get when they get there all the other miners are packing up like yep we're heading out but then uh, they're like hey we're gonna go in here and see what's going on and the miners are like yeah i don't i want to go in there like shit people died i don't want to go in there but somehow hiram can i don't know how but he convinces them to go in the mine and they're going through all the stuff. And they're like, yep, that guy's dead. That's my hat. Okay, I'm going to take that. Blah, blah, blah. And um, everything's – and Hiram's like, everything's fine and normal here. Let's get back to work. And the guy's like, no, we're not doing that. So they camp outside. And then that's when they get attacked by Graboids. But, like, tiny ones. For, for, yeah. For, they're like little um, – They're almost like – Cicadas. Like, they're like – No, like termites. Yeah, like termites that just come popping out of the ground. They're like – And uh, murder and mutilate them. They're like capybara-sized. Yeah. That's, I, you but, know, but, a really common animal, but the like, capybara. They just, like, hop out of the ground. They're like – like Remember the one scene when the guy was running? It was like, Standing bam, bam. One, like, one hits him in the, the head, head, one, one hits, hits him yeah. in the hip. And actually, we saw a similar shot in uh, Black Sheep. Um, oh, that movie's <laughs> fucking amazing. I know. Um, but you're just like, so, so now they're under the ground, but they're tinier, and they also launch out of the ground, and but not was, with their ass. They're not ass blasters at this point. That was the only time you saw them that small. That was it. Every other time, it was giant graboids with the fucking tentacle things. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck is happening in this movie? Food for thought. Okay. If those are baby graboids, how does that work in the evolutionary chain? The, the life cycle of graboids? And two... If the big step in evolution for graboids was them going from small to big, 
Then over the next hundred years, there was no evolution. And then within 10 years of the first film, Uh they evolved once. And in 14 years, they evolved twice. Yeah, this doesn't like what? I got so someone do the research. I got so excited by this movie, even though it had shit ratings because it was like the legend begins. All right, cool. Finally going to find out what this is about. I'm going to get an explanation on to why they came about and how they how they came about. No, wrong. no, wrong. No. You're not. It's just the same thing as one, two, and three. You don't fucking get anything. It's just they're here. There we go. And you're like, oh, but like, why? Why are Why are you a thing? I'm gonna Google life cycle of a graboid, uh, and hopefully, I don't get anything weird. You Google. Weird. I'm gonna talk because there is legitimately no explanation for why these creatures have a come to be and b why they are doing what they are fucking doing. It's goddamn maddening. It's fucking maddening. So they all get attacked at the campsite that night outside of the mine. And then the next day, Hiram and another fucking dude are able to escape by going over the rocky part of the mountain. Okay, great. What did you find? There are so many charts. Oh, God. Let's let's get into this in just a second, okay? Let's get into this. So Hiram or Hiram, whatever his fucking name is. Hiram. Hiram and other dude, don't know his name. They are able to get... Okay, I'm going to throw that on the floor. They're able to get back to town, and they're going through so much trauma that they call in a favor over a telegraph to anybody, please help us. And who the fuck shows up? Black Hand Jack. What's his name, right? Black Hand Jack? Yeah. Black Hand. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Black Hand Kelly. Excuse me. Yeah, whoever. So this motherfucker comes in, and they're like, are you Black Hand Kelly? And I love how he just does this little movement where he does this, and he... He lifts up his left hand, and it's a like a black leather glove, and they're like, oh, that's you. Yeah, you black hand. Okay, you're the guy that's here to help us? Tight. Which, by the way... And he fucks everything up. Um, For me, was most recognizable as one of the big bads in... Um, Jesus, in... Buffy? Charmed. Oh, Charmed. Um, he might have been in Buffy. He know. was in an episode of Supernatural. He just plays a bad guy in a bunch of random stuff. He's dead now, though. Oh, that's a, that, that, that's a shame. Probably got eaten by a graboid. Um. Oh, okay. Well, hold on a second. Let me let me finish. Let me finish this dumb plot because this is gonna be the quickest one that we talk about. Um. So yeah, Black Hand Kelly shows up, and the the story gets really fucking dull for a while because nothing seems to happen. They can't seem to find the monsters that attack them. Uh, they camp out near the mine again and get attacked that night. For some stupid fucking reason, after they get attacked, Hiram, or sorry, Hiram, decides he wants to learn how to shoot a fucking gun at that point after they just got attacked. And they know that these creatures hunt on sound. Okay, not after, during the attack. Well, no, 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 I'm, I'm saying they get attacked and then, and then, they, and then, and then the attacks stop for a second. Hiram's, okay. like, Hiram's like, oh yeah, 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 let's fucking start shooting guns. So they start shooting guns, trying to like give Hiram some training on how to shoot because he doesn't know how to shoot. And I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. You already found out these things hunt on sound. Let's make the most sound imaginable. They won't hear it at all. Fuck off. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So Black Hand Jack doesn't make it because they're making all the goddamn noise in the world and a graboid pops up out of the fucking earth and rips him to shreds. Okay, it doesn't rip him to shreds. It just eats him whole. That was a tight scene because that was an actual practical scene and I like that. Um, Yeah. And uh, Hiram decides after all that that he's done 
So he's leaving. But on his way out, he overhears someone getting a telegraph that the giant worms have made it to town. And they and he's like, you know what? I've had a change of heart. I'm going back. I'm selling my watch and I'm going to buy a bunch of guns and go back to town and blow these things to kingdom come. What the fuck? This movie makes no goddamn sense. It's it, so stupid. They already asked you to like bite off a big chunk with having the guy who played Bert, who was a gun nut, whose life literally revolved around opportunities to shoot things, have that same guy play his ancestor, who is a guy that was such a D-bag because he was too good for everybody. He loved to um, act like he was better than everybody else. He was very snobbish and also, like, couldn't even handle a gun. And then the whole noise thing came and went as they pleased. Like, they're shooting guns and they can't find them. They're talking at full volume and screaming. And you're like, I feel like these things should hear you. They hunt on sound. Yeah. And then one of the guys had a keychain thing that was hanging from his um, black hand. Kelly had this like metal thing jangling on his side. That's barely making any noise compared to the amount they are actually talking. (laughs) And that's what gets him killed. And you're like, why even introduce him into this film? Why? You didn't even need him in the film. Why is he here? Black Hand Kelly, though. I will say they did have the one nice shot where Juan is um, like a, a full-size graboid, comes up under the ground, and he's basically on its back. Um, like, oh, shit, somebody get me off of this thing. And that was a really cool shot. But that was about it. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I honestly explained that movie correctly. That was just my notes I had. I was so mad at that movie. I think I did it correctly. You know what? If I didn't, you know, go watch it and correct me. But... I'm pretty sure I did my best because honestly, it was it was it was pretty hard to follow. I didn't understand what they were trying to do. None of it really made any sense. And again, they did not explain how these creatures came about. I was like, okay, you know, um, you know, fucking legend begins. You're gonna say what happened? Like, okay, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was this or, or something crazy. I figured I was going to get an explanation as to why they started terrorizing this town called Rejection. No, no. Again, no. You don't get anything. It is literally the first movie just set in 1889. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, all you get, what they meant is like the, when they said they're going to go back to the beginning, they just meant of how um, Bert's family got obsessed with guns, which were like, did we need a film about that? Because I don't think we did. Now, see, I if they did it correctly and they gave me a proper origin story of what happened about these, like, you know, maybe like a genetic mutation or someone doing a science experiment that went wrong, that would have been fucking awesome. But no, it's just, oh, well, you know, we're dealing with these slugs in 1889. This is my life. All right. Thanks for that. I'm going to throw that movie away now. So fun chart. While I was looking up the life cycle of Graboids, which apparently has been a hot topic discussion on the interwebs. Oh, I'm, um, oh, I'm sure it is. I also found a chart for sandworms compared to each other. So you've got the Sarlacc from Return of the Jedi is the smallest. Nice. And above that is the Graboid. Above that is the Sandworms from Beetlejuice. Nice. And then above that is, I can't even say this damn word, it's Shaj Halud 
from Dune, the big sandworms from Dune, which, by the way, you need to see because they're remaking that. And, I've seen um, Dune. Yeah, well, I need to see the new one because uh, Zend- Zend- Zendaya, she's going to be a- So the life cycle of fucking Graboids. Um, there's several charts on this. What I'm getting from this is um, this seems to be the most accurate. So graboids create shriekers shriekers both create shriekers yeah and ass blasters uh-huh. ass blasters create eggs which turn into dirt dragons which are those little graboids that become bigger graboids later that is the most nonsensical but that doesn't make sense the, because the, the shriekers the, lay eggs too but no 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 that's not what makes sense the the ass blasters make the little things that we saw in 1889 what yeah so what yeah so, so what? real question is in a hundred years nobody saw ass blasters or shriekers only graboids until it it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> Though I will tell you, someone did actually, and we're going to have to watch this, make an animated version of the life cycle for this. Oh, my God. See, someone bothered to make an animated life cycle to explain this. It doesn't make any sense, though. I God, I oh God, let me let me see. I think I gave the last one like a fucking a uh, uh, star. Yeah, I think the roughest thing about uh. that is when you start thinking about the logistics of how it doesn't make sense. Okay, so let's let's recap here. Tremors, we gave both a four. Tremors two, I gave a three and a half. You gave a three. Tremors three, I gave a two out of five. You would give a. Wait, which one? Tremors three. Oh, um, yeah, I guess two. Okay, and Tremors four, I gave a one and a half. I guess also like a two. I don't know. No, it was four was definitely worse than three. I mean, I didn't hate the kid as much in that one as I did in every other film that there was a kid. So at least he was like, he was an obnoxious kid. He was like, I just want to help with everybody else. No, I God. shout out to that kid for not being an annoying kid actor, because most of the time they're just obnoxious. And he's like, don't be a dick. I just want to help. So it's just it's funny because there's so many horror franchises that go up and down, you know, like Saw for me kind of goes up and down with, with ratings. Uh, for most people, I guess it just goes down. But this is, I think this is the first one to actually go just four, three and a half, two, one and a half. I mean, that's, that's like a staircase right there. I could build stairs with my ratings of these fucking movies. Like, honest to God, at that rate, the, the fifth and sixth one should be as bad as Caps. But I have to, oh, no, nothing can be as bad as that. This is true. Angelical cats and Angelical fuck you. Um, God. Anyway. So one and two. Yes. Buy them. Own them. Watch them and love them. Three and four. Don't fucking bother. Yeah. Just don't. Unless you need a film to put you to sleep. I was going to say, I mean, the ass blaster part, The like I said, the first time I saw him... And go up. I laugh so hard, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But four is li- is literally it was a waste of time. It, it was, was like it was like an hour and forty eight minutes, and I was like, "Good god!" If I paid for that, I would have gone to the theater attendant and said, "I, I want my twelve fifty back, or however much it was for that movie in two thousand four. Yeah. Give me my money back, theater wench." So, don't bother at all. Let's know. just get through these last questions right here. 
and we'll call it a day. There's like, okay, well, there's three questions. There's three questions. That's it. Okay, maybe more. I did a yellow. Can you? Why are you taking all the cards? How am I supposed to reach that? Because they're mine. Okay. All right. So yeah, tremors. Good time. Great time. Loved it, but not the last two. So I'm just saying. Yes, um, you just said that. You just said that. Yellow. Ooh, it's been taken. So I will say. <gasps> In the Omen, 1976. By the way, we're playing a horror movie edition of Trivial Pursuit, Last 100 Years of Horror. In 1976, The Omen. What is the shape of the birthmark possessed by the Antichrist? The 666. Fuck, fuck you. You. Was that right? Yeah. Yay, I did it. Because of the devil. (laughs) The devil made me do it. (laughs) Oh, God, don't remind me of that dumb title from Conjuring. Conjuring 3, the devil made me do it. Go home. You're not even trying. I did orange. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Wow, you're probably going to get any of these. What is... Can you stop? I'm thinking. I haven't even asked a question yet. I'm still thinking. There's no way you don't get any of these. Okay, then just fucking... What is the alias of the serial killer James Gum in The Silence of the Lambs? James Gum? Yeah, what's his? It's his. Oh, I'm gonna fuck this up because Joe Dirt makes fun of him. The Buffalo Bill. You did it. Okay, thank God, because I know they make fun of it in in, uh, Joe Dirt. It's Buffalo Bob. That's the bottom question. Buffalo Bob. I got yellow again, which hasn't been picked. Ooh. They call me Mellow Yellow. Those aren't questions. Maniac, 1980, I would have gotten this, is set in what East Coast American city? What East Coast American city? Son of a bitch. All right. Well, this is going to go quick. That's two for me. Okay, now you have to shuffle. All right. right. While he's shuffling, um, I will say that um, I picked out the topic for next week's episode. You did Um, not. Don't I did, in fact, because I wanted to do it, and then you were like, ugh. And then I begrudgingly got you to agree to it. And um, I will say that I'm going to have a lot of strong feelings on them because I can say that I love every single one of the movies we're watching. So, Well, I can wholeheartedly say we only have... Two more run-throughs of this deck because we've gone through this deck four times. I have, in case you haven't listened to previous episodes, I have marked off every question that we've done because there's six questions on each card. There's over like, I don't know, I think there's like 600 questions. So we only have two more run-throughs. So that means we only have two more questions per card. Also, weird time for you to be tuning in at the Tremors episode, Well, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, so, you know, some people, you know, they might not have listened to every single episode we've ever done, which I understand. I was joking. Okay, well, you know what? I'm not. So it's going to get really interesting here now because if one of these isn't, if, you know, if like, say, I'm just saying, okay. It's, just, it's, just get it's, to the question. It's going to get weird. Yes. It's going to get weird. Okay, well, roll the dice. Is it, is it my turn? Yes, it's your turn. It's going to get weird. Because, you know, you have a one in six chance of, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna in up. Annabelle Creation, what is the name of the character that assembles Annabelle in the beginning of the film? Like full name? First and last. It's the dad. Yeah, that's not his name. Papa Gijo. Wow. <laughs> um... Uh, E, uh, ooh, Scully Mc, 
monitor. Well, you got the initials right. Good job, what? SM. Seriously? Yeah, it's Samuel Mullins. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. I totally would have gotten the Samuel part, probably, but not the Mullins part. Don't oversell yourself. I'd have wow, so I rolled something that wasn't picked? Yeah. All right, here we go. So, you know what's great about the next... No, you, that, wasn't, that was picked. Oh, uh, well, what's great about the next run-through that we do is we're not going to have to roll. No choice. Yeah, there's no rolling. It's just fucking picking it up and doing it. That's going to make this go faster. I Please know. read a question. Please, I will go. Yeah. Well, you're on purple. And oh, what do you know? It's been picked. There's only two left. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. And drag me to hell, 2009. Mm-hmm. What kind of debt does pro- protagonist Christine Brownie deny Mrs. Ganoush an extension for? Her mortgage. Fuck you. You win. Ha ha ha. See, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. It either goes just like that, quick as fuck, or it takes a millennium. Stop humping the mic or the air or whatever you're doing. I'm the winner. I win. Yay, me. <gasps> Is that how you're feeling on the inside? Fuck you. God hey. damn it. Okay. Oh God. Are it's, we gonna, it's time. Are we gonna make jokes to hint about next week's episode? Um. Don't. Um, oh God, this is gonna be real special. <laughs> you, you you told me to do this. It's gonna be terrible. Um. Let's see here. Let me think of a pun. Don't. You know what? Break a leg. Lose a leg. What? Lose that was such a terrible joke. Mine was way better. Lose a leg. Mine was better. What's and yours? so much more subtle. What's I already, yours? I already did it. What? 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 Huh? What? Do it again. No. Do it again. I said you're terrible at this. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. It does, actually. I want to drink your blood. Also doesn't make sense. It does because, you know, vampires. And that's very subtle because there's a billion vampire movies, so you don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about at this point. Wow. Just think about sandy deserts and snakes. You must have had a lot of caffeine today. I did have a lot of caffeine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of cocaine. I've been doing a lot, snorting a lot of co- uh, caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> I right made up. another joke. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> My jokes kill. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. They're so subtle. It hurts. You guys are going to have to listen to this episode. Listen to the next episode. Get back to the end of this episode to see where I laid these jokes in. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Tremors. (laughs) Tremors has been. Look, I need to go take my sleepy by drugs or else I'm not going to fall asleep later. Okay, well, I will say the fact that this episode was almost a fucking chore at this point. There's it's never not as, it wasn't as exciting as it usually is. Well, no, it was fun to talk about, but like actually the watching the movies for three and four, we literally had to pause them and take naps. It was like it was like oh my god. That's why I'm to, looking forward to, to the back. next episode because like those <laughs> those movies I know are quick movies. Big budget films, well, most of them, and high quality acting. Couldn't ask for more. Think about this. You can't go to a park during these times. That's right. Can't go to a park during these times. That's my subtle reference. 
Oh yeah. Because of COVID. <laughs> just fucking. <laughs> you see how I ruined just, your joke just, by uh, just stay pointing out how nonsensical fucking it was. tuned until next week, and until then, you stay spooky, stay spooky you sons spooky, of bitches. Spooky, I love spooky. you. Goodbye. Stop. Oh, sorry. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. I'll stay spooky. Okay. <laughs>